hey, let's get real about this. Are my problems God's problems? Like, I messed it up. How can I now turn and ask him to take care of things for me? How is that fair? How is that truth? How does that have anything to do with personal responsibility? Shouldn't I have to split my own sea? Welcome to Consciously, a podcast focused on honest conversation by regular people and for regular people seeking spiritual growth. Hey, Consciously, welcome back. It's great to be here, and I'm so thankful that you joined us. Uh, please do us a favor, subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star review, share with your friends, let them know. Word of mouth is the best way to spread the good words. A reminder about our social media pages, The Light Revealed, Consciously 62, check us out, got some great series up there. Uh, the week before Pesach, we did a series on freedom, and now over Pesach, and then for the next couple weeks, we're going to be doing a series on the spheros on emotional traits, character traits that we're reflecting on to get ready for the divine revelation of Matan Torah. Also, uh, if you're in a Jewish bookstore, check out Consciously, Six Steps to Living Vibrantly with Our Creator. And as always, you can find us on the Intentional Jew Podcasting Network, intentionaljew.com. Finally, been getting a few emails. Uh, the email address is consciouslythepodcast at gmail.com. Questions and interaction. Uh, I love it. It's fantastic. Please reach out. Love to talk about stuff. Uh, love to hear about the impact, but more importantly, just uh, the content processing it is really, really meaningful for me. So if not for you, do it for me. Okay. So this episode is coming out on Pesach, God willing. I'm recording it though before Pesach. I'm about, I'm recording this on Yud Nisan, which is the day before the Lubavitch Rebbe's birthday. So even though my mind's kind of like very preoccupied with the Rebbe's birthday and then Pesach and the Seder, um, the schedule that we had for this series, which is the 12-step uh, series, uh, as part of the What Does That Mean series, and we're on step three, uh, is for that to come out at the end of the month. And it happens to be that every month there's been kind of like a Jewish holiday corresponding to that. I don't know if that's what's going to continue, but it's been so far. So I figured let's combine Shvi uh, Shel Pesach, seventh day of Pesach, eighth day of Pesach, and step three. So that's what we're going to try to do. We'll see how it goes and we'll see what happens. So the question that emerges that we kind of touched on in the very opening is one of the foundations of the 12-step process particularly step three. Step three is made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Is this idea of surrender, is kind of letting go and allowing God to come in and help when we feel most helpless. Now, if you're wondering, well, that's not a Jewish idea. First of all, all of Pesach is about that, right? All of Pesach is ostensibly the celebration of that God did for us what we could not do for ourselves, dislodged us from the despair of Egypt, from the Maitzar, from the constriction of Egypt, up until raising us up to the 40, to the 50th level of Bina, to the highest level of perception and understanding in order to receive the Torah on Shavuos. And then another, another kind of source, Jewish source for it, just very, very explicit, is the Pasuk and Tehillim, Perak Nun Ches, 
Pasuk Chav Gimel, which is 50, Psalms 59.23, Hashlech El Hashem Yehavcha Vehu Yechalkalaka, which means send your troubles upon God and he will save you. So this idea, this idea of turning over our lives to the care of God is, is a very old Jewish idea. But the question that always emerges is, where do you find personal responsibility in that? Like, where is it our problem? And where is it God's problem? Where does that start and where does that end? Now, there's another point here that I think really important for, I guess, today or where you guys are headed into, where I'll be in, with you in a week, is in and around the story of Kriyas Yamsov, the splitting of the Red Sea. So God leads the Jewish people out of Egypt. Uh, Moses leads the Jewish people out of Egypt by God's command. And he leads them ultimately to the shores of, of the Yamsov. And the Egyptians chase them and they end up stuck between the rock and the hard place of the water in front of them and the Egyptian army behind them. Big trouble. They don't know what to do. They cry out to God. They turn to Moses and say, you know, their favorite line, why did you take us out of Egypt to die in the desert? There were plenty of burial plots in in Egypt. And Moshe, Moses, turns to God to pray to save the Jewish people. And God says a remarkable thing. He turns to Moshe and he says, What are you crying to me? Speak to the Jewish people. Go. He says, go. He says, stop crying. Take action. Do something about it. Take some personal responsibility for your life. Now, this is very intense. Here I am, stuck between a rock and a hard place the Egyptian army behind, a sea in front of me. And God says, stop crying. Take some action. The question is, how do we balance these things? Now, obviously, when the Jewish people walked into the sea in this analogy, if we were speaking about it kind of proverbially, aside from the historical context, right? So the Jewish people are going to now walk into the sea, take some action on their own regard, but they're relying on God to perform a miracle. Right? So they're both kind of taking personal responsibility and relying on God. And that seems to be the challenge that we're trying to overcome, the bridge we're trying to traverse, right? that very narrow bridge. How do we both rely on God and also take personal responsibility? Now, there's a famous line in 12-step recovery. It's like a, a joke of sorts. Three frogs are on a log. One decides to jump off. How many frogs are on the log? Three. Because deciding is not the same thing as jumping. Now, the context here is that in the third step, we make a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understood him. And the joke or the lesson is that you can make that decision, but if you don't take action to follow that up, if you don't immediately launch on a rigorous course of action, to change your life, then the decision to turn your life over to the care of God is meaningless. So we have to ask ourselves, how do we do that? If we want to surrender or practice the spirit of surrender, what we'd call in Hasidus, bittel, but there's nothing to do, how do we make the choice real? Like, if we were sitting at the sea, I could wade into the water. But what does the proverbial wading into the water look like practically in our lives? 
How can we make the decision to turn our will and life over to God in a way that's real, that can be followed up by real action to take responsibility for our lives, the part that we can, and surrender to the rest to God? Because that's ostensibly the answer to the question that we've been asking. I need to take responsibility for the part that I have. Lo alecha hamalacha ligmor. It's not on me to finish the work, but it's on me to start the work. I don't have to be the solution, but I have to be willing to make myself fit to receive that solution into my life. I have to try to make myself, to fit myself, to be a vessel for that light to come into my life and to flow through me into perhaps the lives of others. So the question that we're asking is not so much what to do, because what to do usually has to do with the subjective circumstances of your life. And we don't want to overcomplicate this thing. Like what to do, uh, get a Rebbe, get a therapist, get a mentor, ask them some advice about some concrete steps that you can take to make yourself better. But what's the inside job? What's the work we need to do on the inside to kind of practice the state of surrender and bring the solution into our lives? That's the real question. Now, the answer to this can be found in two ideas that emerge in a prayer that's written in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which we've referred to before. Now, if you're new to recovery texts, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous is the primary text of AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, who were the first group to start utilizing the 12 steps. They actually kind of formulated the 12 steps. They didn't make them up because the 12 steps are a group of principles that were practiced over a long time with from many people, but they kind of put them together into their 12-step form and practice them over a long series of time. And part of the 12-step process includes prayer. And the AA literature, and as I've said before, I go back to the AA literature a lot because it's the original source and it kind of gives you a sense of the intention, though there's so much good recovery literature, don't get me wrong, both from within the recovery programs and also ancillary literature that has come out since. So the AA literature prescribes a specific prayer that really kind of suggests more than prescribes. It actually recommends, it prescribes that you write a prayer and then gives a suggestion of what, what that prayer might look like. And that's kind of known within the recovery world as the third step prayer. And it kind of goes something like this. God, I offer myself to you to have with me and to do with me as you will. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do your will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of your power, your love, and your way of life. In the literature, it actually uses thys and thous, but you know, you get the point. But there's kind of two things that I want to key into that I heard from somebody else, an AA old timer, that really blew my mind. The one was, is that the prayer starts off with an offer. And it's just an offer. It's a big offer, but it's just an offer. Now, what does that mean to me? What that means to me is my life, my journey is pretty important to me. I don't know if it's important to all of humanity, to the entirety of the Jewish people, but it's pretty important to me. And if you asked me to give that up, to give up control over that, to give up creative license over where the journey would end, I'd have a really hard time with that. I was actually talking to a friend about a new movie that came out recently, uh, came out online, Justice League. Um, and it was a movie that they had released a couple of years ago, and it didn't do very well. 
And the story that happened apparently was that the director, something happened, the personal issue that didn't allow him to finish the movie. They brought in a new director and he kind of took in a vision that was different than what the previous director thought. And between what the first director wanted and what the second director wanted, the result was a disaster. It wasn't a good movie. It had good parts, felt kind of okay, apparently. But overall, it didn't really work. So they decided they were going to bring the other director back and give him full license. They gave him like four hours to tell his story. And what this individual was telling me, who likes cinema, was how remarkable of a difference it is to have a different director. To have a director involved that truly understood the vision and to be able to actualize that vision into a storytelling process. And now you would think that maybe the actor or the CG technician is the most important part of a movie, but that actually watching the movie made clear to him how critical the director is and how much influence he has. Now that conversation really got me thinking because one of the questions that they ask you in the 12-step process of recovery is, are you willing to let God be the director of the show and realize that you're just an actor playing the part that he assigns. It kind of struck me. And I heard this idea before, but it kind of really crystallized. What's the offer? The offer is the vision. It's the long-term plan. It's the big perspective. It's the big picture. You see, I am powerless over the big picture. I have some control and influence over what goes on in my today. And by controlling or exerting power over today, I can express some influence over what's going to happen in the future. But there are so many variables going on that it's really impossible for me to have any semblance of power over the long-term plan. All I can do is take responsibility for my moment-to-moment experience of this life. I can show up as an actor and do the best I can to kill this scene, but I can't really take reasonable and meaningful ownership over what the movie is going to look like in the long term, how the other scenes are going to play out, what the other actors are going to do. So when I offer my life over to the care of God, when I practice a spirit of surrender, Bittel, what I'm doing is, is acknowledging, honoring, accepting God as the director of my life and taking responsibility to be the best actor I could be. Take responsibility for being a dutiful son. Take responsibility for being an agent of his vision. And as we learn at the end of the prayer, take responsibility for the people that I can help and influence in a positive way. Now, until I do that, I'm just standing on the shore, stuck between the, the Egyptian army and a raging sea, waiting for God to fix my problems. And God says to me, Ma lai. What are you crying to me? Take some action. Jump in. Try something. Get your feet wet. But, but, but what about the ocean? What about the Egyptians? I'm so scared. God says, that's not your job. That's not your worry. Let me take care of the big picture. You take care of today. Let go of tomorrow. Stop it with all your schemes, designs, and plans for what's going to happen, for what's going to be, for how all the pieces are going to play out exactly the way that you decided they should. And just take care of today. 
show up today and do the best you can and leave the long-term picture to me. So what do we do? What's the action? Make the offer. Are you willing to make the offer? Are you willing to truly give over the big picture to the big man? If you are, take full responsibility for your today. Figure out who needs your help. Figure out who's following your lead. Figure out where you could be a better example. Because that's your part. That's where your free will stands. That's where your Bechira is. That's where personal responsibility is. That's where life happens. And that's where the 12 steps teach us about Bittal, about surrender, and about the sea-splitting miracle of recovery. Wishing you all a Chag Sameach. Enjoy your Shvi Shel Pesach. And for those of us outside of the land of Israel, and even those inside the land of Israel, a happy, joyous, and free Achron Shel Pesach, filled with the light of Mashiach, of redemption, of ultimate and real and complete truth. The kind of truth that leads us on a journey of self-reflection and prayer, getting ready for a divine revelation. Not just a divine revelation of Torah teachings, but a divine revelation of the inherent worth of each and every person and the miraculous capacity for each person to hear their higher power calling out to them, Anochi Hashem Elokecha, Asher Tzicha I'm here. I was here for you when you were at your lowest, and I'll be here with you all along the way. Chag Sameach. Thanks for listening to the Consciously Podcast. Consciously is a project of The Living Room, which is a division of Our Place New York, and made possible by the kindness of the Capellius family, in memory of Tsipora Basravaron. The host of Consciously is Menachem Posnansky, and our trusted assistant to the regional co-host, Shmaya Hanekman. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We sincerely welcome and appreciate your feedback and questions. So please feel free to email us or on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Mm-hmm.